The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is a WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Bart Walker. Well, good morning to you. Is it cold enough out there for you? Warm up, get close to the radio. (laughs) We're here to help you out in more ways than one this morning. Sergeant Austin Watson from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office is with us this morning. Austin, good morning to you. Good morning, sir. How are you? Doing great. Good to have you with us. Yes, sir. We sort of like to get to know people who are on the show, especially for the first time. Tell us a little about yourself. How did you get into law enforcement? Sure. So I grew up here in the Middle Tennessee region, uh, got my degree from University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. Um, this has always been something I've wanted to do since I was a kid, and I tailored myself to it. Uh, I've only worked here locally. I worked for MTSU Police before I started with the county, and you know, serving where I kind of grew up has kind of been fun for me. When you were at UT Chattanooga, did you work on their police department at the school? I, I did. I was a. Uh, I started as a dispatcher and a security officer, so kind of got into kind of that side of it, kind of learned as I went, and then moved over to the law enforcement side. What do you enjoy most about law enforcement? You know, you get to meet a lot of people and interacting with people, hearing stories, hopefully making their day, you know, making their day better, helping people when, you know, a lot of people see us in bad situations. And if you can bring a positive out of that, that really, you know, brings a lot of joy to me. Here in Rutherford County, are there any particular areas that concern you as far as uh, needs that the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office can handle? Um, you know, my big thing is traffic is as this county grows with people and we become more of a suburb of Nashville, as our traffic populace grows, we're going to see a lot more of accidents and fatalities. And hopefully, as we grow as an organization, as a sheriff's office, we can help curve that and not have so much increases in traffic fatalities. And I guess really traffic is one of those issues that keeps popping up. If we ever uh, offer an opportunity for the public to call in and say, what's your main concern? It's traffic. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing is, I think we were the fastest growing city. I think I remember seeing on a couple of census polls, you know, 20, 25%. And as we grow in the, we'll need to update infrastructure. I think the governor himself put something out that he's trying to do stuff statewide. So as, as the state does it, and as we do it locally, hopefully as that goes, we can help out with that kind of stuff. And along interstate 24, and I guess 840 also, uh, but especially 24, we've been, I guess, the guinea pigs, which is good, uh, to a lot of new programs to see how they work to control traffic. Yes. Uh, one of the big things that people will be seeing on the 24 corridor is the smart way, as TDOT has built, you know, areas to slow people down as they approach accidents, you know, stopping lane travel, getting people to move over, that kind of stuff. And as that grows, um, I think I saw they want to do a uh, like another HOV lane coming from and to Nashville. So TDOT's really done a lot to help us as a county uh, to kind of take away some of that congestion on 24. Now, when you look at electronic maps, 
uh, whether it's uh, in the car, but you can see them uh, and study them a little easier uh, on your computer at home. It's hard to study a map when you're driving down the road, but uh, you can see red marks on the map uh, indicating high traffic areas, uh, accident areas. How accurate are those and how do they get there? I mean, how does that map know there may be a wreck or a traffic situation ahead? Um, that would be a great question for Google. I'm not completely sure how they do that. Um, magic. <laughs> magic, yes. Um, you know, Google Google knows more than than it should sometimes. But anyways, it's, uh, they are pretty accurate because as we see, we respond to accidents and we're out there. You can pull up Waze. You can pull up Google Maps, Apple Maps. And usually by the time we clear... Uh, they may be getting their stuff from TDOT, from state partners. Uh, as that moves, it's it's pretty, within a 15-minute window, it's pretty accurate. Yeah, I was curious because it must be police departments, too, because you're the only ones who would have that, I would guess. Uh, yeah, we... I mean, and it's not just uh, state or county. It's in the municipalities, in the cities. Uh, you'll see a street that looks like it has red on it and then down the road another five miles there's another red area so you figure there's accidents or something over there yes and you know normal slowdown congestion it breeds that too again google's very smart <laughs> and uh i don't know how they pull that data that's artificial actually... intelligence yes <laughs> the buzzword these days the, that is a buzzword yes sir. well now we're approaching the new year uh, we're approaching Christmas too. Yes. Uh, and I, I, I'm I'm thinking the old way of New Year's and drinking. Unfortunately, people drink also on Christmas, and get out and drive. But I bet you, if we really wanted to admit it, it doesn't have to be Christmas or New Year. No. They're out there all the time. When is the worst time, the most dangerous time, for a person to be out driving? Because uh, you don't want to have somebody slam into you sure so this time of year between thanksgiving and new year's with three major holidays that kind of span that time that's when we see a lot of our impaired driving crashes uh most of your impaired driving crashes occur from thursday night starting about 10 a.m till about sunday at two um which you see a lot of people going out and enjoying themselves and we get a lot of stuff where people like to go down to broadway in nashville and then come back into the county because they want to go have a good time but then they come back and unfortunately they they made the choice to drink and drive and that's when you see a lot of your fatality impaired driving kind of accidents so as this is happening uh should if you see somebody driving all over the road should you report that? And, and it doesn't always mean that they are drunk. They could be having a, a medical issue. Sure. Um, we get a lot of calls, and, and we appreciate the calls. If we have the manpower and we have someone in that area, if they believe someone is driving impaired and they believe they're all over the road, call us. We have our non-emergency number. You can always call 911. Uh, we will try to get a deputy out to them, hopefully as quick as we can. And as long as that person follows them and they can identify the car in front of them, then we can take over, do an investigation. Sometimes, you know, people that time of night, they may be tired traveling across country. Uh, they could be having a medical issue. Uh, but unfortunately, sometimes we do run into impaired drivers. And that was a good citizen helping us get that person off the street that night. Let me ask you this, because this has come up before. 
especially when unmarked cars are used. Uh, or at nighttime, you can't tell if it's marked or unmarked sometimes. Sure. Uh, and if you're alone in the car, you're a little concerned about pulling over uh, and having just somebody you don't know uh, in the middle of the night stopping you on a lonely road. Sure. Uh, can, does the officer mind if you keep driving until you get to a, a well-lit area? How do you let them know you're wanting to do that? So we tell the public if, if you feel uncomfortable, especially Rutherford County, that sometimes when you get deep out in the county, we understand. Um, what we ask is if that happens, turn your flashers on. That way you signal to the officer, hey, I, I see that you're there. I've turned my flashers on. But we also encourage you to call our dispatch and so that you can tell the dispatcher, hey, I understand an officer behind us. Is this an officer? And if it is, tell them I'm trying to get to a safe area and then we can follow you that way we can we can kind of communicate through our dispatchers um, but if you just keep rolling and don't give us some type of signal um, that could be construed as maybe you're running and then it becomes a different type of scenario so what we ask the public is if if that happens we understand especially two o'clock in the morning um, turn your flashers on call our dispatch and say hey is there an officer behind me tell them i understand they're there i'm going to try to find a safe place to pull over and I would guess that's true also if you're trying to get to the hospital. Uh, yes. So <laughs> that's a little bit different. We, we ask people sometimes to try to pull over because we'll try to get an ambulance to them. Um, but we also understand that people are trying to get their loved ones medical attention. So there will be some conversations on how that will be approached depending on the medical emergency. Uh, all we ask for is a line of communication because if we can communicate with you, we can understand what's going on. And that's a big thing in society today is as long as we can communicate and talk to each other, there can be understanding. And that's what it's all about. And, and I'll have to say our law enforcement here in Rutherford County, they're very caring. They're very professional. They're concerned. I mean, they want to see the best for you. And the people that I work with and working with other agencies, you know, as the county, we get to work with Murfreesboro City, Smyrna City, Laverne, THP, MTSU. So as the county, as we go along, we meet all these people in this department. And I can say the quality of law enforcement in Rutherford County is excellent. And most people that work in our departments are there to care and help the public. Our phone number, by the way, if you want to text us a question, is 615-893-1450. We do take text questions. So if you have one, give us a shout. 615 893 1450. We're on the doorsteps, as we mentioned, to Christmas and New Year's. And each year, the Booze It or Lose It campaign kicks in. Uh, is that going to happen this year and when? Yes. So we are actually in the middle of it. Uh, NHTSA is, a, is the big proponent of uh, Booze It and Lose It. And it comes down through the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. And the Tennessee Highway Safety Office partners with local agencies to do booze it or lose it so that started december 15th and will run through january 1st as a campaign to curve impaired driving because this time of year especially christmas we see our fatalities increase it's always december that hits us hard so what happened what, what are the hours of booze it or lose it or is it 24 hours a day. Yeah, it's 24 hours a day. <laughs> the impaired driving, be it alcohol or drug impairment, happens 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, you'd be surprised that sometimes you catch someone 
uh, impaired at noon, and you wonder how you got here. At noon? Noon, yes. So they're out, what, what is that, just a habitual drunk or what? Uh, so you got to think a, a lot of daytime is drug impaired driving. Um, someone that may be on prescription pills or doing illegal drugs, over-the-counter drugs. It's, that's what we see most during the day. At night, you see more alcohol just because people, they get off work, they, they go out and have a good time, and unfortunately drink just a little too much and then drive. But DUIs occur 24-7, 365 days a year. Do you try to put them into a, a source that can help them with their problems? Sure. So the actual DA's office has a, a drug court. So a, some DUIs, especially if there are DUI by drugs, could qualify for drug court depending on certain criteria that the ADA's, the district attorney's office has. So just because someone made a mistake, we, we have resources to help them. Um, also, we have, if it's an opioid issue, we have the STOPS unit, uh, which is a opioid prevention team. And part of their job is going and getting people into rehab. So if we have someone who's uh, struggling with drug addiction, they can help in that sense. Do we have a bigger drug problem than we do alcohol? And also, does alcohol lead to drugs? So I don't think one leads to another. I think it's all about the individual person and their and their just life, you know, how they live their life. We see alcohol more because alcohol is more prevalent, right? Alcohol is easily accessible. It's it's legal. Um, but drugs are slowly catching up. And with marijuana on the rise being legal within the next five to 10 years, that's something that local, state, and federal partners will have to figure out. Um, we've seen it in Colorado. They've done studies. We've seen in Utah that they've lowered the BAC requirement to 0.05. So what is it, BAT? Uh, I'm sorry, blood alcohol content. So oh, in the state of Tennessee, if you're below a 0.08, you could be, you are legal, so to speak, to drive. There's a lot of other factors. Um, but Utah has actually lowered it to 0.05, which is usually about a beer and a half. Um, and that's where I think NHTSA is really trying to go is to change it. We went from 1.0 to 0.08, and now the national trend being 0.05, we might see that in the next 10 to 15 years. So in places like Colorado, you mentioned, who allow people to use uh, marijuana, you said, uh, are they having a greater, has the problem of traffic accidents, driving under the influence, has that increased? Oh, absolutely. So the first two years, they saw an increase in property damage and serious injury crashes because... What a lot of people, there's like a misnomenclature. We, we really talk about drunk driving, but we don't talk about impaired driving, which includes drugs, which marijuana at some levels can impair you, um, depending on the person and tolerance and all that. So as they navigated that, they did a huge study and they saw an increase in traffic crashes until they could do education. They could show, hey, if you're smoking, you need to do it at home and not drive just like you're drinking. So it took them a couple years and that's something that, most states will always run into as that becomes normal. And what we had with drunk driving, you know, people would be able to ride around and have a beer. We've got to kind of curve and say, hey, if you're doing those things, they're legal. We just ask you not to be on our roadways. So people do drink and drive. I yeah. mean, we can't 
close our eyes and say that's not happening. Sure. So we're now considering opening the door to another issue that would create more fatalities, more crashes, uh, which is driving uh, under the influence of marijuana. So, And is marijuana different from what it was 20, 30, 40 years ago? Oh, absolutely. So that'll be on the legislator, and I, I feel like Tennessee as conservative a state as we is, I don't, I don't foresee that going quietly. Um, we were the last state to change to an 08. So I, I'd say we probably gonna be the last state to legalize marijuana, but that's 10 years down the road. And of course there's people up in Nashville that make that decision, not us. Um, so as that comes into effect, we as law enforcement will have to, um, change our mindset. Well, keep our same mindset, but educate people in different ways. Marijuana from 10, 20 years ago is different from nowadays. You found most marijuana back then is 10, 20% for what you would call a joint, but they've got so good at manufacturing it to synthesizing it that you have some of these uh, marijuana vapes that are 90% THC. So <laughs> you go from 10 to 15% to 90%, that's a, that's a big jump. Wow. Tell you what let's do. Let's pause, check on the traffic and weather. We will be back and continue the conversation. Our guest this morning from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office, Sergeant Austin Watson. And if you have a question about any of these issues, driving under the influence, whether it's marijuana, drugs, whatever it might be, alcohol, uh, we're right in the middle of all of these holidays, the three big ones where people are driving under the influence. Uh, what would you suggest? What's concerning you as the public? 615-893-1450. We will be right back. Stay with us. Don't throw away old flags. WGNS retires old glory with respect. Bring those tattered Bibles here too. We're more than talk. This is Peter Demas from Demas's Restaurant. Our family wants to wish you a Merry Christmas. Christmas is about an incredible act of love to be treasured every day of the year. It's about the sacrifice that God made for us sending His Son to this world as a man to redeem us from our sins. In Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, the angels proclaimed, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Merry Christmas from Demas's Restaurant. Hi, this is Dan with Music World and Drummer's Den. I'm the guitar tech here. We're a pretty well-rounded music store. We have every guitar, keyboard, drum that you might be looking for. Parts are available, strings, accessories. We also have lessons, $25 for a half hour of keys, anything with strings and drums. It's all here. Music World and Drummer's Den. We're your hometown music store. Music World and Drummer's Den, 2762 South Church, right across from Indian Hills Golf Course. Partial sunshine develops here this afternoon, a high in the mid-50s. South winds around 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy skies develop below near 27. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 24. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Did you know we specialize in commercial and fleet business? We're equipped to handle all of your company's automotive needs. Download our Tire World app today for free oil changes and electronic coupons. Come by today for all of your automotive needs. Online at tireworld.us. 
Good morning there on the scene of an accident out here on 65 southbound right at the north loop. Every time we have a crash here, it slows it down even more on 65 south at Trinity Lane. Now, still a heavy volume of traffic coming up through the Antioch area coming in from, uh, let's say, Murfreesboro, Rutherford County on 24 going westbound. It's still a bit slow at times, 65 south through Millersville. 24-7 reliable crane and rigging services here in Middle Tennessee. You need Tomahawk Crane and Rigging. They're online at TomahawkCrane.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. We're News Radio WGNS 100.5, 101.9, 1450. Online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. Welcome back. Our phone number is 615 893 1450. Tracy Hart is our birthday winner today. Tracy wins that delicious banana pudding from the Slick Pig Barbecue. Happy birthday, Tracy Hart. And our good neighbor of the day is Chip Haynes over at Jennings and Ayers. Chip receives flowers from Jenny Harrison and the family at Ryan Flower Coffee and Gifts over at 117 South Academy Street. Jenny, good morning to you. And Chip, good morning to you. He's always helping families. Just a really nice guy, Chip Haynes. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. Sergeant Austin Watson is our guest from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office. We have a text here from a uh, parent, doesn't say if it's a mother or father, uh, but they say that they are concerned about their child. Their child is 17 and uh, just starting to go out and drive, and they're concerned that he may be going with the wrong folks, and they're concerned that he might be uh, getting into some drugs. Uh, They don't know exactly how to learn what's going on uh, as, as a professional. What are, what are you seeing? What would you suggest this person doing? So drugs and how they affect the body is pretty straightforward. Uh, medicine and medical professionals have studied these for a long time. Um, what I would suggest as a parent is trying to have the conversations with your, with your child um, and seeing if there's some altered mental status, uh, as drugs go into the body, we change as a person, right? If, if I'm sober, no alcohol, no drugs, I should be like I was when I was 10 years old, right? But as drugs and as if they're getting in with the wrong crowd and taking those drugs, you might see change in their eyes, change in their behavior. Um, so those are some of the things to kind of look for. But we always suggest if that's happening, have a conversation. Um, we have SROs in all of the high schools. If you think that maybe they need to get involved, reach out to your SROs. They're great resources in kind of helping teens get through those years so they can become adults and get out into the world. Now, do teenagers get involved with drugs first or do they get involved with alcohol first or is it sort of even? I would say it's sort of even. What we're seeing a lot nowadays is access to these uh, marijuana vape pens, as you see that, especially with Delta 8 and Delta 10, which is legal, um, that you can buy in gas station stores. That's what we're seeing a lot of our young population running into is kind of smoking these vapes with tobacco or marijuana inside of it. So you can get marijuana in vape pens and it's legal? So... When we talk about marijuana, we always think of Delta 9 THC, right? That is that is what is illegal. That is what you cannot possess. That is what everybody thinks about. Um, but 
now in the state of Tennessee, hemp is legal. We had a farm bill in 2017 that made hemp production legal. And what these uh, manufacturers did is they basically took uh, hemp and made what is called Delta-8 and Delta-10, or Delta-O as, as we also call it. And so in Delta-9, you have a hydrogen bond that connects kind of everything, and there's a double bond right on the ninth spot. If you move that or double bond up one or down one, you have now changed the chemical composition, but it gives the same effects. It still is like marijuana, but it's not Delta-9 no more. So then they can sell it under this hemp bill that allows them to do Delta-8 and Delta-10, and it's legal. But it does the same effect as what we as society understand as Delta-9 or green weed that you get in a baggy sort of weed. So it creates the same dangers uh, if you're driving a car as, as the real marijuana would, but this is legal. Yes. So that is something that we have run into around the state. And um, talking with TBI, uh, I, I get to be one of our drug recognition experts, and I teach for the state on our DRE program. And getting to have conversations with TBI, they are seeing it around the state where they were seeing marijuana DUIs, but they were not being able to test it because it was not Delta 9. They test for that one double bond. So now TBI has actually made their testing process or in the process of making their uh, testing process for that blood to come back to show Delta 8 and Delta 10. And we have studies that show that it has the same euphoric effects. By moving that double bond one, we've changed the chemical compound, but we haven't changed the effects of how it affects the body. So this is sold in gas stations and convenience stores, things like that. Oh yeah, you can go to your local gas station and find Delta 8, Delta O, and you can find some of your smoke shops around here, perfectly legal. And and they, they are not thinking about whether it's impairing drivers, they're just thinking about let's sell it. Sure, and I mean, I understand their business, they have to make money, and if it's legal, sure, you can sell it. And it's the same thing that we were talking about earlier. You know, if you want to enjoy that, that's fine, but we ask you to do it at home. But if you are smoking and driving and have those substances, that can impair your driving. We have a, another text here from a listener who says that uh, they are a cancer patient and they have uh, drug mar or prescription marijuana. Uh, would they be getting the same results if they bought at the gas station, possibly for less than a prescription? So what I would tell you is there's doctors who make <laughs> very yeah, good money and they did a lot of schooling. I would ask your doctor that. Um, if that's something that you could supplement with, they could probably recommend it. Um, but they know what's best for you. So I would always go with their advice. Our advice is if you do that, please don't drive. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I imagine that's true with, with any type of, uh, you know, whether it's the real thing or, or this other, I, or I say the real thing. Are they both the real thing? It sounds like they are. And, and they are. They are, um, it's a chemical compound. Again, there's scientists that study this a lot. And they all they teach us as law enforcement is it has the same effects. So if we can educate people, hey, they are having the same effects. Don't drive because that could be, depending on where you are in your high, could be impaired driving. Let's talk a little more about the opioid issues. You brought that up a moment ago. Uh, there was a series on television for a good while about how opioids began, the company that got it started. Now, I think they're pretty much 
almost totally out of business at this time through all the lawsuits that came their way. But their goal was to sell this prescription. They did a good job. They sold it. Uh, and they, become, uh, they became uh, extremely wealthy. And uh, now they've had to give that wealth up. But uh, the drugs are still out there and still creating issues. Mm-hmm. Who's making those drugs now? That I can't speak on. Um, I mean, is it individuals? Is it companies, factories? Uh, is it done legally uh, as a prescription? Or, sure. They, still, are doctors still prescribing it? Uh, doctors, I don't know if we're still prescribing it. We are still seeing some hydrocodone, hydrocodone, oxycodone, those types of synthetic pain pills. Uh, really, the opioid pandemic of what we're seeing now is a lot of heroin and fentanyl. Um, especially illegally pressed pills. Um, and we're not just talking fentanyl pressed pills. We're talking uh, depressant type pills like Xanax and um, all that type of stuff. So really we're looking at a pill pandemic where those, like we talked about, chemical makeups, you can find them on the Internet. And then these people go out and then use that chemical compound to make those pills. And that's a kind of what we're really running into. Um and people with opiate withdrawals, you know, going to these clinics and stuff, sometimes are uh, running into that same kind of concept. We have a, this lady who had said us earlier about their child. They were concerned about their tr- child getting into drugs. She said, I'm glad you brought this up because that's the area that I'm really concerned is that friends are getting my child involved and will be getting him involved in selling these drugs is this what they do is this they get a a a teenager involved and uh, get them hooked and then to to get that money to buy their drugs in the future they get them out selling um i don't i don't really see a lot of teenagers selling um at least i haven't run into it in my career the SROs know that a little bit better, but we aren't seeing a lot coming out of the schools, but that becomes an issue if you're trying to maintain a drug habit and then they force you to sell to maintain your drug habit. That could be something that could occur down the road. It's always a possibility. One of the things that that you're working with is controlling these drugs, uh, reducing their presence uh, in our community. And you have these drug recognition experts you mentioned you're one of the five. Uh, is that one of the five in Rutherford County or in the whole state of Tennessee? No. So there are 310 of us across the state. Um, drug recognition experts, <laughs> we don't really identify, like, if there's drugs on the table, we, we can tell you what they are. But our p- job is to say someone arrests someone for DUI on drugs. They're, they're seeing something that's not alcohol, and they want someone to come in to do a voluntary evaluation. We have this 12-step process where we go through, we see certain signs and symptoms, and then we will call a drug category. We'll say, hey, this person's on a depressant or on a stimulant or cannabis. And we really are there to help the officer, but also help the person, too, because it may be, a, like we talked about, a medical issue. If it's a medical issue, we want to make sure that they're not being arrested for DUI and it's, they need medical attention. So we're there as kind of a secondary evaluation to confirm the presence of drugs in the body or to say, hey, this is more medical. Let's get them some help. So we are very trained individuals that help officers make 
correct calls either on their DUI arrest or to help them find help for that person who may be having a medical issue. Another text from a listener, this one saying that uh, I'm so proud of our local law enforcement officers. They are taking on jobs that they, first of all, didn't get into law enforcement to become uh, a person who works with mentally handicapped issues. Uh, but they're there wherever they, whether they want that job or not. And uh, they, they're talking about uh, your injections into people who have drug o- overdoses. How many uh, of those do you do per year? Somebody told us that uh, we would be staggered by the, the amount. I mean, this is here in Rutherford County. Oh, sure. Um, Somebody said the city police does uh, thousands of those a year. I can't give you an exact number on that. Our stops unit could. Um, they're very good about keeping up with those numbers because that's what they do. Um, but we run into the the fact that we take a federal grant and we have an, another federal grant coming to curve opioid use in Rutherford County and that we have a five-man team that takes to try to work overdoses and get people in rehabs says a lot about the problem that we have and that we are currently facing that we are trying to curve because those guys are very are very good at their job they get a lot of people in rehab but we're a county of 360 something thousand people and another 120 in the county by themselves they can only do so much as people move in and so the opioid pandemic is here but we are doing our best to make sure that we get the people the help that they need first and try to curb the overdoses after they come. We also have a major interstate coming through the area and also a connecting interstate, I-840, which connects three interstates, I guess it is. Yes, it does. Uh, so a lot of out-of-town, out-of-state traffic. Is that a source of drugs coming through the area? I would say so. I mean, most of your interstates, you move from big city to big city, right? Atlanta, up to Nashville, that kind of stuff. So are they on the roads? Sure. Um, are some of them driving impaired? Yes. <laughs> so, some of the people who are transporting drugs <laughs> are coming up here driving impaired. Oh, yeah. They're using their own product and driving. So even as traffic guys, we see it every now and then of, you know, hey, we might arrest uh, someone who's impaired and find drugs in the, and find multiple drugs in the car because... Now, do like they it. always use cars, or do they ever use 18-wheelers and stuff like that? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know the quantities they bring. <laughs> I, I don't either. Um, my big thing when it comes to drugs is when it's inside the body, not outside <laughs> the body. That's what I tell people. So I'm the traffic nerd. I've, if you're on drugs, I'm very good at telling, if I do my evaluation, what drug you're on. You can tell by looking at a person as to what type of drugs they're on? So... The drug recognition experts, we do a 12-step process that has been approved by NHTSA, approved by doctors that says, hey, if you do these 12 steps, there are certain signs and symptoms that go to a certain drug category, which there's seven of them, and we can pinpoint to that drug category by doing the evaluation. That's what I was talking about coming in on the backside of DUIs for our officers um, is they go, I don't smell alcohol, but they look impaired. And they show signs of impairment after I've done standardized field sobriety. Can you come in and tell me exactly where or what they're using? And we can come in and make that um, expert opinion. Because on the backside, if I do an evaluation, then I can go to court if they're impaired and give expert testimony to that opinion. 
Now, can you do this at a traffic stop? Do you go over to the traffic stop, or do they have to bring the person into the sheriff's office for interrogation? So it's not interrogation. It's all voluntary. But so what we like to do is our officers will ask them on the side of the road, hey, I understand you don't think you're impaired. I have someone who has a lot more experience, which is us. Would you mind doing a secondary evaluation? It's done at the jail in a climate-controlled environment. That It's all voluntary. They are red Miranda. So it's, it's a very – it's not like doing it on the side of the road where it's very stressful. We try to put them in an environment and give them every chance to show that they're not impaired. Now, is this the group you call Saturation Patrol? Oh, no. So our saturation patrols is we get a grant from the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. It's uh, broken down into two. We actually have a team grant to where we go and do traffic safety inside the schools. Um, But we also have a PTS grant, uh, Patrol Traffic Services, that is broke down into alcohol and traffic. So my job is to pull the data from the state, which I have right here, um, see where our major serious injury and fatal crashes are occurring and impaired driving crashes. And then I send out overtime for those people to go out and try to curve that issue. So if like we had two fatalities on 840 here last month, I put our saturation patrols out there to curve fatals from trying to happen. Um, we showed in 2019, uh, Sergeant Rogers, who, I, who who's now Lieutenant Rogers, has been on the show and he did data-driven saturation patrols and curved fatalities almost by... I think 12 in a year's time and serious injury crashes were reduced. So we try to use the data to send these deputies out for overtime to help out with curving crashes and DUIs. So what are the big areas of of accidents right now? And what period is this? Sure. So... (laughs) Wouldn't you know, most of our serious and fatal crashes occur on the interstate. <laughs> so, um, but our big times for uh, serious... Is that because in- of speed? Speed, impairment. Um, Lieutenant Rogers has been a big uh, person who tells us, especially after COVID, everybody saw that the traffic was down, the number of cars, so they sped up. They probably have not slowed down, even though the traffic is back. Oh, um so the Indy 500 occurs every day on the interstate and we do our best to curve that. So does the highway patrol, but it's nothing to see triple digits out on the interstate nowadays. And a um, hundred miles an hour or more. I had one, uh, a coworker of mine, he stopped one last year at 140 on the interstate. What were they driving? I probably could be anything. A BMW. Okay. Yeah. It's a, a, amazing. It, it, in the old days, there were not that many cars that easily went over 100. No. I imagine all of them do now. It, it's the Indy 500 every day, and, and we do our best to try to curb that, but one versus 100,000, you can only do so much at, a, at one time. Wow. And that's happening right now while we are talking. Sergeant Austin Watson from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office is our guest. We will be right back. Don't go away. We're loud. We're proud. We're blue. WGNS AM and FM, your home for the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. 
Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. It's Christmas time in Murfreesboro. Adams Place Senior Living Community hopes that you receive the best gift of all this Christmas, spending quality time with those that you love most. Take plenty of pictures, have lots of belly laughs, and always go in for one more hug. Here's to making precious memories this season that you and your family will cherish for a lifetime. I'm Terry Deal, wishing you a very Merry Christmas from Adams Place. Partial sunshine develops here this afternoon, a high in the mid-50s. South winds around 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy skies develop below near 27. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 24. Money issues? There's someone local you can talk to. Financial Coaching Radio with certified financial planner Jason Qualls. Weekdays at 4 on News Radio WGNS. Let's go to the phones. Uh, you're on with Sergeant Austin Watson. How are you today? I'm trying to figure the world out, the America out, smart out, mother's brown. Guess who this is? Uh, is this uh, Donald Trump? I'm close. He's my best friend. <laughs> I know y'all would bust out just laughing, but you know what? It's not Casey. No, no it's Clark. <laughs> You just said it backwards. Are you? Oh, you United You still playing the guitar? I, I, I play Target. Okay. <laughs> Let me tell you all something, America. Why are you all wasting y'all time? So what was she, should we do? Nothing. Because you know what? You know how long we've been talking about this? But I think 20 or 30 years at least. Isn't it fun? But it's good. It's exercise. It's what? <laughs> I want somebody to... But let's go in out on uh, I-24, and let's try shooting some marbles. You remember when everybody used to say, Clark, you know what, they, they jump on me, he run his mouth too much. Okay. Well, I, I shut my mouth up, but they're still complaining. So what good did it do? I, people just, you know, there's two people. I, one who like one extreme and the other who like the other extreme. We used to have a, a variety of people. We don't have any in the middle anymore. But they're selling beer and whiskey. They said, I remember when they were complaining about good old cold beer. You remember the old days? <laughs> cold beer. What, what, what made beer so wonderful? Oh, I'm probably. To you. What made it so wonderful? Because it was uh, probably considered by a lot of folks as wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You tell somebody you can't do something, and it makes it better. You tell your child one thing, and they're going to do the opposite. Let me tell you all something. I remember when there were turning flips over backwards and going all kind of crazy ways, and we're going to vote on this, blah, 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 this. I see whiskey stores in a town called Murfreesboro. Y'all remember when Casey used to call the radio, and all Casey was Casey that. But when I would go out, people said, Brother Casey, we miss you on the radio. They I do. I would do nothing but telling the truth. What's wrong with these people? Well, I thought it was Christianity. Uh, is it me, Bart? Yeah, yeah. They, they are, they are, there are so many Casey fans out there. Uh-oh, uh-oh. It's, uh -oh. 
<laughs> it's unbelievable. Hallelujah. Well, Casey, you stay out of trouble. Uh-oh. Enjoy Uh-oh. New Year's, and let's get together and have you back on the radio uh, before the next year ends. We will, This year slipped away. But you know what? What's that? On the radio, guess what? One time, uh, something happened, and they tried to lock me up. What? Well, they, they put me in jail, but they didn't lock the sail. So I must be So you walked out. <laughs> and the guy said. Was it like uh, the, uh, Bar- the ship. I ain't going to take too much of y'all time. But you know how to change a ship. And have the police department came in and said, what case are doing back there? Uh-oh. It, it's, it's Mayberry. <laughs> Casey, take care of yourself. Sergeant Walston, before we uh, get off today, let's talk about these traffic uh, points where you stop the traffic and check the traffic. The highway patrol is often involved, uh, and, and the sheriff's office is involved also. So I haven't heard of any uh, sobriety checkpoints for the holidays. Um, I think the Halloween one we just did with the highway patrol was for this quarter. Um, but we, we do do sobriety checkpoints, uh, us uh, and the traffic, taf- traffic safety task force. Wow, that's a mouthful. Um, so here in Rutherford County, we are blessed to work as a traffic task force um, with all the uh, agencies within Rutherford County. So Murfreesboro, us, Laverne, Smyrna, MTSU, the Highway Patrol, even TWRA partners with us. So as those checkpoints occur, you might see somebody from different agencies, but we do a good job to support each other in making sure we curve all types of crashes and impaired driving in the county itself. Uh, You mentioned just a moment ago that 840 uh, right now is on the top of the list of where they're having accidents. Yes, sir. Um, 840 is becoming more and more congested as people try to get around Nashville, um, as trying to use it as a uh, way to not have to sit in 24 traffic. So we've put a lot of saturation patrols out there to kind of stop people from speeding. Um, And hopefully if they're not speeding, they're not causing serious injury crashes. Now, once the state gets its system working, uh, where it can divert traffic off the interstate, because I think that's part of the new system. It will connect with your uh, maps in your car and, and warn you, get off at the next exit. Get off at the next exit. Yes, and I meant to say with the traffic task force, I forgot about our partners down in Eagleville. We we work closely with Eagleville as well. Um, but yes, I, I believe that's what TDOT's working towards. I don't know if that's in place yet or not. Um, but I know that's a future use of the smart way is they want to be able to send that stuff to your phone so you know four miles ahead versus 50 feet in front of you. And that's amazing that technology is at that point. Uh, and, and most of the cars that are out there today, uh, especially cars that are within the past 10 years, have that. Yes. And, and your cell phone can back it up more. Yep. If your car can't do it, your phone can do it. That's for sure. And hopefully as cars progress and in technology, that will help make traffic safety that much easier. We have about a minute left in the program. What would you like to tell people on this uh, few days before Christmas and a week before New Year's? Sure is, you know, we, we hope that everybody has a Merry Christmas and that they enjoy the holidays. They enjoy the time off work because we all know work is 
is rough and and spend time with your families but what we ask you is if if you enjoy it if you you know consume alcohol or anything like that please don't drive on the roads this is the time we see fatalities really increasing and that we will hope that y'all have a safe new year's and hopefully won't have to talk to us (laughs) sergeant austin watson with the rutherford county sheriff's office with us this morning Thank you for joining us. But most of all, thank you for all that you and all the other law enforcement officers in Rutherford County do to protect us. Yes, sir. Thank you.